Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas Time. What's old is new again. Out is in. At least it is on the internet. The Christmas old gifts are all the rage, and I don't mean antiques. Nostalgia is taking over. Gifts popular decades ago are trending once more. Even for millennials. Remember those Christmas mornings spent around the tree with a family in the mid-90s? Did you get a Tamagotchi toy? Remember those digital pets? Less expensive and messy than the real thing? But then they couldn't love you back. And still they're making a comeback with online shoppers, alongside with other toys. And clothes are seeing similar trends. Ugg slippers and flare jeans. Fashion statements of yesteryear we can expect to see again in January. These gifts put us in touch with something long gone, the past. But the greatest Christmas gift is the oldest, and it is far from long gone. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners by grace. Now that is a gift. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called What Christmas is All About. And in these next minutes together, I want us to consider the greatest Christmas gift of all. No, it's not something you'll find under your tree. The real gift is a person. And I think you all know who I'm speaking of. The birth of Christ was the greatest gift given to humanity ever. Now, as we look forward to celebrating Christmas in just 10 days, we can also anticipate the day when he comes again. And in just a moment, we're going to think about this anticipation written about by the Apostle Paul in Titus 2. That's where he said, We wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. How does this fit with Christmas? Well, stay with me, and we'll find out. And then after the program, I want to give you one more opportunity to get an album you can enjoy and worship with on Christmas Day. It's Fernando Ortega's Christmas CD. This special album is packed full of Christmas carols that'll point your heart to the true meaning of Christmas. And today is the final day we believe we can get your order and ship it in time to reach you by Christmas. So, if you want to enjoy Fernando's album or give it to someone you love, contact us right after this program. And one last reminder, we still have the box set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey Parts 1 and 2 for your gift as well. And this still includes an exclusive bonus for Haven listeners, the audio version of both books. This is the sort of present that won't be forgotten in the new year. We're paying for expedited shipping to make sure the books and the CDs get to you by Christmas. So if you can, please send a little more in your gift to help us cover that extra cost. Our number for after the program is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can visit us online and listen to some of the samples we have there from the CD and get the book as well when you make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now, speaking of Fernando Ortega, let's open with my favorite Christmas carol. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare. Thank you. 
let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Listening to Haven Today and a program called What Christmas is All About. And of course, that was a song, a carol that looks back and forward to Christ's first and second comings, Joy to the World by Fernando Ortega on his Christmas album. A little letter by Paul in the New Testament defines Christmas in my mind. From Titus, we learn that grace has appeared. We also learn that grace will appear again. But we also learn that grace comes in a person, and you know who I'm talking about. Just as real Christmas is not about how many presents or cards or social media greetings you get this year, and it's also not about the decorations we have, maybe in your front lawn or in your home, real Christmas 
is about a real person, and that real person is Jesus. Listen to what Paul writes in Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Did you hear Paul say in verse 11, the grace of God has appeared? And then did you hear him go on in verse 13 to name that grace? While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is this grace? Wrong question. Who is this grace? Right question. And that grace is a person. That grace is Jesus. Have you ever heard of the word epiphany? I can't say this for myself and many of my Christian friends, but Epiphany has been celebrated a few days after Christmas by many Christians through the centuries. I would say most Christians down through the centuries. The idea is linked to the coming of our Lord at Advent. It comes out of the New Testament and the Greek word epiphano, and that's where we get the English word Epiphany. Here's what it means. It is a sudden and glorious, surprising appearance but it has more meanings that we should take to heart. It is a sudden burst of rain to the farmer who is losing his crops by drought. It is a beam of sunlight to lost sailors on a moonless night when all communications have gone dead in the darkness of a storm. Jesus is grace appearing. We look to grace that has appeared in the person of Jesus, and we look forward to grace that will appear at our Lord's second coming as well. The grace of God appeared And then in Titus 2, we hear verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. The epiphany is clearly related to the coming of the wise men who followed the star and who met up with the wicked King Herod, and who then made their way to Bethlehem, where the star still shone, and the baby was now a little older. We know from the text that they didn't show up with the shepherds on Christmas night, but that doesn't matter. I always get a few notes every Christmas implying I should not celebrate Christmas or encourage you to do so, because we don't know the exact date. Throw the baby out with the bathwater, they're urging me. And my response in my heart is always, Bah, humbug. I'm kind of glad I don't have that person around for my birthday every year. You know the story of the wise men. It shows up in Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, 
Israel. And now I'm at verse 7 in Matthew 2. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, and he said he was a very wicked man. Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. That's a big lie, of course. Verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And verse 12, very important in Matthew 2, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Let me quote from a sermon Nathan Hitchcock preached at Sioux Falls Seminary in 2010. We must be courageous and follow the same tracks as the Magi. They do not go back to the principalities and powers. They don't go back by natural theology. Like Moses and the Israelites, they take a most unusual route. We might even say that they walk through the waters, for they have seen Christ. Being warned in a dream, the Magi go back another way, and we're told in Matthew 2, to their own country. Nonetheless, almost improbably, the Magi return to their own country, having heard and beheld the word of God, having witnessed the unthinkable miracle that is the incarnation, having encountered such a radically different God, it might seem tempting to go to some other country. Why not leave behind their families, their careers, their old social webs? Why not develop an idiosyncratic religion to worship the mystery in private? Having met Jesus Christ, the beginning and end of the world, why not take up the mantle of an otherworldly mysticism? The Word of God leaves us no option to hold ourselves up or fly off to heaven. Jesus Christ's coming was a coming of God in the flesh. John 1.11, he came to those who were his own, even if his own did not receive him. If the revelation of God came home to us, how much more must our feeble witness be directed homewards? These the magicians from the East know. They must go back to the royal courts and confess, however inadequately in their fragile language and culture, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Nathan Hitchcock in a sermon he preached at Sioux Falls Seminary in 2010, we easily take notice of the gifts those wise men brought to the Christ child Jesus. But even as I ask you to bring your gifts to him this Christmas, especially the gift of your life to Jesus, may we not forget that grace is all about a person. And he is the ultimate gift that makes Christmas what it is.
Special Christmas programming here on Haven Today at Christmas time. Little Drummer Boy with the Canadian Brass and a Children's Choir. I hope you are like me. This time of year, I can never get enough of Christmas and also the stories that go with the holiday. British actor David Suchet reads the story of the Jesus Storybook Bible, and I love the subtitle by Sally Lloyd-Jones, Every Story Whispers His Name. Here is a story just after the birth of Jesus, and it relates to his cousin, John, John the Baptist, that shows us where Christmas was heading. The King of All Kings Far away in the east, three clever men saw the very same star, the star that God had put in the sky when Jesus was born. They knew it was a sign. A baby king had been born. They had been waiting for this star. They knew it would come. He's here, they shouted. He's here. And I'm sure if you'd been there, you would have heard them laughing and dancing and singing until the sun came up. At dawn, they packed up their camels and wrapped gifts for the baby. They brought their most precious treasures of all, frankincense, gold and myrrh, special, sparkly, lovely, smelling, gleaming things, just right for a king. The three wise men, actually, if you'd met them, you'd have thought they were kings because they were so rich and clever and important looking. Anyway, they set off. They rode their camels across endless deserts, up steep, steep mountains, down into deep, deep valleys, through raging rivers, over grassy plains, night and day and day and night, for hours that turned into days, that turned into weeks, that turned into months and months, until at last they reached Jerusalem. Jerusalem? was by far the most important city for miles around. And, as anyone can tell you, that's where a palace would be and kings are born in palaces. So that's where they went. But they were in for a surprise. They went to see King Herod. Surely he'd know where this baby was, but he didn't. In fact, he didn't like the sound of a new king. It made him cross. He didn't want anyone to be king except him. But Herod's advisers told the three wise men what was written in their books, what God had said about the baby king. Go to Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him. Suddenly, the star they had seen in the east started moving again, showing them the way. So the three wise men followed the star out of the big city, along the road, into the little town of Bethlehem. They followed the star through the streets of Bethlehem, out of the nice part of town, through the not-so-nice part of town, into the really not-nice-at-all part of town, down a little dirt track until it stopped right over a, a little house. But wait, it, it wasn't a palace, and there weren't any guards or servants or flags, or red carpets, or trumpets, or anything. Did they get it wrong? Or was this what God meant? Sure enough, in that little house, there sitting on his mother's knee, they found him, the baby king. The three men knelt before 
the little king. They took off their rich royal turbans and gleaming golden crowns. They bowed their noble heads to the ground and gave him their sparkling treasures. The journey that had begun so many centuries before had led three wise men here to a little town, to a little house, to a little child, to the king God had promised David all those years before. But this child was a new kind of king. Though he was the prince of heaven, he had become poor. Though he was the mighty God, he had become a helpless baby. This king hadn't come to be the boss. He had come to be a servant. David Suchet, sharing Christmas with us on this Haven Today. I'd like to keep sharing with you this Christmas so you can meet up with the person of Christmas. Grace is a person. And it's not just a gift we bring or receive. It's meeting up with this person who really is the greatest gift ever given. And you can worship this gracious person, Jesus the Christ, when you get Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album. I know the music on this CD will warm your heart and home this Christmas. But let me also mention that if you're still looking for the perfect Christmas gift that points both young and old alike to Jesus, then we have a special gift set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. This modern but faithful adaptation of Bunyan's stories has been colorfully illustrated with easy-to-understand words to read along with. Plus, we're able to give you a free download of the audiobooks for both Parts 1 and Part 2. This is a Christmas present that is full of faith. But if you want either the CD or the book, you need to respond today, because this day, today, is the final day that we can receive your gift with the hopes of getting you the CD or the book set by Christmas. And if you can, please send a little extra to help cover the cost of expedited shipping that we're using right now. So call us now and make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. And we'll send you either the Christmas Song CD by Fernando Ortega or the box set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part 1 and 2. Our phone number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and listen to some of the CD samples or take a look at the sample pages from the books. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be sharing together this great story. It's all about Jesus and Christmas here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Windshields, we all have them, but we rarely think about them. Shooting down a freeway at speeds our ancestors would have scoffed at, but we're safe from the wind and the occasional rock kicked up by a semi. Why? Because of the solid piece of glass in front of us. We don't have many shields in our world today. There aren't many Moabites running around the wilderness or stray arrows that may injure us, but we still need defense and protection. And thankfully, that's exactly what God has given us. 
Proverbs 30 telling us every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Trust in the Lord. Turn to his word. He's the shield we need, and we have it. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.